Zippity doo da, zippity day. My oh my, what a wonderful day. Sorry, folks. You know, you know how I am. Fucking, I'm a goon. I have to do this stuff. Uh, but welcome back. Welcome back to the thirteenth episode of the Millennial Manchild Podcast. Can you believe it? Ah, I love it. Having fun with it still, folks. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. You know, if you're liking the podcast, feel free to rate. Feel free to go to iTunes, click that five star. If you're hating it and you, you know, you're like, I'm gonna put one star. Hey, fuck you. Don't do that, please. Just, just, just don't listen. You know, don't listen. No, I'm just kidding. I hope, I hope you, uh, you all are having a good week. I hope you're having a good time. You know, hope this episode finds you well, but let's get into it. You know? What's new since last time? Um, I guess we'll start with the most memorable thing from this past week, which was my epic bomb. I bombed so hard on stage on Friday. Uh, I got a few laughs just because I started ad-libbing some stuff, and I was actually doing so bad that I was like, oh, you guys are fucking loving this, man. Like, I was being a smartass, you know, and that kind of got some laughs, but... Uh, it was rough. That was that was a very memorable bomb. I um, after I told a joke, I actually heard an audible, "Oh no," <laughs> which uh, <laughs> is funny to me. Like it was uh, confidence confidence shattering on stage. But looking back, that is going to be a memory that I will never forget. Hearing an audible "Oh no" after I tried to deliver a punchline, which I will not share on here, uh, it needs, it, yeah, there's, there's some work that needs to be done on that, clearly, uh, but, so that was, uh, that, that happened, that was, you know, part of the gig, right, you just, sometimes you gotta go up there and just shit a brick, and then bash your head in with that brick afterwards, because it's not a good experience, but whatever, um, but we're gonna rebound, people, I'm rebounding, because this week, I am on my first show. I am on the actual bill. Like, my name is on the show. Miles Casey. I'm fucking pumped. It's going to be a little uh, a roast battle versus another open micer. His name's Claudio. Uh, he's a great guy. But uh, I'm looking forward to fucking scorching the earth with this dude. I'm, I'm, I just bought one of those Elon Musk flamethrowers, and I'm going to fucking torch this dude. <laughs> But, but no, in all seriously, like, I'm really looking forward to this. Like, I grew up, you know, roast, roast battle was a way of life. It wasn't called roast battle, but if you didn't have a comeback or a quick tongue or a quick wit around, you know, who the people I grew up with, growing up around Omar and his older brothers, oh, shit, you were going to be eaten alive. They just wouldn't stop. If you come back with something, they'd be like, oh, okay, nice, I respect you, but if you didn't ever come back or did you know it just kept going it was dogpile pretty much you know one thing after another so i'm looking forward to this because it's just it's just something that i've done for a long time i've had it in the bag for a long time it's always been a defense mechanism of mine having to you know have a quick comeback and i've been writing some good stuff so hopefully this will go a little bit better <laughs> than last friday i'm going to be doing a different material too surprise surprise different material than from the last week's stuff so really looking forward to it also got a few friends coming into town uh some of you might know them 
Jarrett Denning, Chad Harrison, both coming to town this weekend. We're going to record a couple podcasts since they're going to be here, and I will have my first, finally, you know, I've been talking about it, but finally, we'll have my first uh, episode with somebody else besides me on. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. <clears throat> but, but yeah, so I got those two things coming up. Uh, oh, and... I fucking just released my website. I just published it today. I've showed a few people of it and kind of put a little link on Facebook, but, you know, it's officially, excuse me, officially up and running today. The website is uh, millennialmanchild.com. So go check it out. You know, I got a little bio, some fun pictures. Uh... It's just a cool little place to have an online presence for me. You know, a little home base, if you will. And I think it turned out well. So, yeah, check that out. Let me know what you think. Uh, as always, still uh, trying to figure a few things out there. And eventually we'll kind of upgrade that website as I go along. But I just wanted to have something simple up. So, yeah. Did that. Uh, what else? Oh, beautiful weather here i don't i'm not you know i know some of you are struggling it's cold as fuck out there winter's just you know bearing down upon you and i'm sorry but it's almost 80 degrees here today and i am a little sad that i've been in here recording for most of this morning trying to get this podcast out because it's so goddamn beautiful out there today oh can't wait to get out there after this it's gonna be fun uh but but yeah, life is good. Got no real complaints. He who must not be named didn't do anything too crazy last week. So I'm not even talking about him. Just leave him off the bill. Leave him off the agenda for today. Yep. Yeah, so that, you know, let's just get into it. Uh, today's episode is part two of the origin story of the Millennial Manchild. And I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but it's going to end up being a three-parter. I thought I could do it in two. Couldn't quite do it. So yeah. It'll be a three-parter, and I, you know, I hope you enjoy. Let's, so let's just get into it. Have a good one. Part two of the Millennial Manchild origin story. And just real quick, 
I was hoping to get all this into two parts. It's looking like it's going to be a three-parter. Sorry, folks. But uh, I just want to be able to talk about all this stuff and, you know, I guess give you a good idea of my background so you can really understand kind of where I came from, my life, my experiences, some of the struggles I had to overcome, all of that stuff. So, like I said, it'll probably end up being a three-parter. Apologies. But, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Um, left off last time talking about how my brother and I just moved into my Aunt Karen's house. Uh, and I should note real quick, obviously, um, only not obviously, but it wasn't just my Aunt Karen. She lived there with her husband, Mike, and my cousin, Kalen. So, having to take me and my brother in, you know, two additional shitheads into their already just normal family was a pretty big burden. And this is, it was a quick adjustment they had to make. It wasn't like, oh, we transitioned over this amount of time and it'll be so-and-so. No, it was like pretty much, oh, we're living here now, you know? And I have to give a shout out again to them for fucking taking us in. It was an unbelievable burden. I, you know, raising two more kids when you already have one of your own, you've already raised four. Like it, it was not something that, uh, I take lightly. Like I have so much respect and gratitude for them doing that. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't perfect. It was just so much better than what we were dealing with. You know, when we were dealing with my mom, crazy, shady people were coming and going at times. Maybe she would disappear for hours at a time or not even answer us or talk to us for hours at a time. Uh, sometimes we, like I said, fending for dinner on our own. This stuff went away, you know. There was much more security. We were getting meals. And there's just a, a general certainty about life that was much better there, you know. You knew kind of what to expect. There was no curveballs really thrown at you. So beyond grateful for that and you know it, like I said it wasn't perfect sure at times I could tell we were putting additional stress on them and it wasn't easy for them at all I know it wasn't so and even though and, and, and it's and that also is tough on me or me and Cameron as well because I'm a very perceptive child at this time you know I found out my mom's using drugs I'm paying attention I'm very hyper sensitive to what's happening around me so, you know, and I kind of learned sometimes, like, maybe they don't even want us there. Like, like my, I don't want to talk bad about him because he never kicked us out or never, never, but, you know, I knew we weren't always wanted. Let's just put it that way. I didn't always feel wanted at the home, plain and simple. Felt, and, and that's tough to deal with us when you already are going through this, you know, emotional baggage that is not being wanted by your parents. That's what you, that's how you look at it in your mind. So you just, like, I have this general feeling pretty much uh, carry with me everywhere I go at this point that I'm just unwanted, plain and simple. I might look like a kind of a happy-go-lucky kid on the outside, but very insecure, very confused, and I, I don't really understand why all this is happening to me, you know. And you start to learn, uh, this is kind of where I start to learn more about addiction and drugs and really the kind of effects and grasp and just tight grip that it has on people. But, but we'll get, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Let's just, we'll talk about middle school right now. So middle school, a few things happened to me in middle school. And thankfully my aunt Karen, uh, having to raise four boys already, 
understood that she needed to get my brother and I into some type of activities. Cameron went the sports route. <clears throat> I went more the jazz band and then eventually got into golf, which, you know, it's a sport, but let's, you know, let's not kid ourselves. It's not the most uh, strenuous sport. But so she gets me involved in those. And I have to say uh, it was amazing to get involved specifically in music and in jazz band. Because at this point in my life, I'm listening to a lot of music. Uh, it kind of is helping me deal with a lot of the shitty stuff that's happening in my life. And one big example of uh, music that I was listening to at the time is Eminem. I had both of his CDs, uh, his Marshall Mathers LP and Slim Shady LP. And it was nice, even though I should probably, you know, people are like, oh, you were like 12 listening to Eminem. Yeah, but it was so nice for me. Because I was able to realize that somebody else was going through some crazy shit, some terrible stuff that, like, I was. Because I, at that time, I didn't know anybody that was going through the same type of stuff that I was going through. I didn't, I couldn't talk to anybody really about it. Like, what kind of middle school kid's going to understand that my parents are both on drugs and, you know, aren't around anymore? Like, that, that's not something you can talk to a, a middle schooler about, really. So it was just nice to have like his crazy, even though it was crazy, angry, whatever. Like I, I loved it because I could relate to it and it made me feel, it gave me more perspective basically. And this is kind of where I, you know, start to go through like a depression and all kinds of crazy shit because I don't really understand life. Like I said, so these next four or five years are probably some of the toughest of my life, plain and simple. Um, but yeah, so, you know, she's getting me involved in jazz band. Uh, I'm listening to a lot of music, but I also, at this time, I, I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because I feel like a lot of teachers or I don't know, I'm sure some of them obviously took interest in me, but I feel like a lot of them underestimated me or didn't really think I had the ability maybe to do some of the harder classes take some of these advanced classes so i remember in middle school after the first two weeks of school i go to my math teacher and i'm like hey this stuff's too easy i want to do the harder math classes like i think i can do it and no one had given me this chance no one had even asked me if i wanted to do it and i don't know if that's something parents normally talk to teachers about but obviously my you know parents weren't really doing that at this time so i had to take it into my own hands and me and Mrs. Dree, my math teacher at the time, come up with this idea like I have to do, I have to come in an hour early every day before school for a week and a half and do every assignment that all the other kids have already done pretty much and prove that not only I can do them, but that I could handle the stress of like the homework and doing my normal math class and all that stuff for, you know, like a week and a half. And I end up crushing it, of course. And they allow me to get into the upper math class. And this was like a big, big victory for me because things really hadn't been going my way up to this point. Shittings have been hitting the fan. And now I finally got that small victory. And I will always remember just like how good I felt after, you know, getting bumped up to the, to the advanced algebra or whatever it was at the time. And, uh, so that, that was a big kind of moment for me. And it's weird. Unfortunately, I also at this time, really start to put all my eggs in the school basket. Like I start to identify with my grades. I start to become like, oh, I'm going to be the smart kid. I'm going to be, I'm going to get good grades. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Because I think that that's like one of the only ways I see 
my future getting better. Like, you know, quick shout out to my dad and my mom, even though they're not helping during this time, they definitely were, they definitely instilled in me that I needed to get a good education. If I wanted to have a better life, if I wanted to be able to take care of myself, education was the easiest way and the best way to improve my life. So the only problem was that is I put too much weight into it, as you'll see. Like eventually what happens in high school is I get my first C and it devastates me. I, I cry like a little bitch. Uh, you know, of course there weren't really people around, but I cry like a little bitch and have to go talk to people and make a big deal out of it. And I end up getting a B. I, I guess, you know, crying like a little temper tantrum baby gets you what you want. But I had never felt so horrible about anything in my life. Like, I felt disgusted that I acted that way over getting a C. And it was multiple reasons, but, you know, I just put so much weight and so much pressure on myself to get good grades in school that I didn't even realize I was doing it until I, I got that C. And that's kind of where I finally gathered another bit of perspective and was like, okay, there's so much more to life than just this, you know. But anyways, back to back to middle school, you know, finishing up middle school or finishing up these next couple of years and life is still crazy. My parents are trying to get clean. We're sometimes going to visit them in rehabs. Sometimes we're going to visit them in halfway houses. Uh, but, you know, there's a, during this time period, it's very very volatile with that relationship because they're having uh you know go to rehab relapse you know um going to halfway houses relapse all this type of stuff and that's where i start to learn more about addiction and the craziness that is addiction um because i you, you see so much of it you start to go oh this isn't like they don't want this but they can't fucking help it. Their brain, the way their brain works, these pathways are so engraved and they're just so hard to overcome that if you, the person who's trying to get better, doesn't want it, it's not going to happen. And I learned this pretty quick. Like I said, fairly perceptive child at this point. And uh, I see that they're, they're trying, you know, but, but they're failing. So I'm starting to realize, like, man, at this point, I'm thinking maybe my parents will never get clean. I don't know what to expect, but I'm not going to keep putting eggs. I'm not going to I'm not going to keep, you know, trying to raise these expectations of like my parents are finally better because if you keep doing, oh, we're good. And then you get crushed again and we're good and you get crushed again. It's it's not healthy and it's very difficult to deal with as a kid. So I start to kind of, you know, it happens when it happens is how I feel about it. I'll believe it when I actually see it for an extended period of time. It's kind of how you start to look at life. And maybe, you know, kind of puts a, a shitty tint on life at that point. But that's just how I needed to do it to protect myself and kind of uh, get through that. So, you know, graduate middle school, going to high school. This is uh, where I start to get more of like my core friend group, people that I'm going to hang out with for, you know, a lot of the, like the rest of my life. I still talk to and hang out to a lot of these people today and uh, big shout out to a lot of them because they helped me, you know, people like EJ, Aaron, Corey, you know, all kind of Cody Branham, all these people. I had a lot of really good people in my life that um, helped me and then, whether they knew it or not, they might not have, like, they probably knew a little bit about my situation, but they probably didn't know all of it. 
So having them there to help me get through that shit, huge, obviously huge. But um, I think the next big thing that kind of happens in my life is I moved back in with my dad, I think my sophomore year of high school. And at this point, I, I'm getting a job uh, at Dylan's. I just turned like 16 probably, I think. And um, this is also the poorest we've ever been in my life. So I go from my Aunt Karen's house, which is, you know, middle class, very nice, very comfortable, uh, to my dad's, because he's finally clean. He's been, you know, clean six months or whatever it is. We've been kind of going weekends and slowly easing back into it. Uh, and this is just the poorest we've ever been because he's doing good. He's clean, but he's struggling because he's working as a fucking, uh, like in the freezer department of food for less grocery store. Right. So you're making minimum wage, trying to support himself. Two kids has a mortgage bills. It's just, it's not, it's, it's so hard to do with on that, that salary. So we're struggling. We're, we're eating peanut butter and bread at night. Um, sometimes we just have like a, a hamburger. It would just be like a beef patty. Um, if we were lucky, if we had ketchup, I mean, there was times where we were drinking fucking, or you have that powdered milk that you like did powdered milk. That's, that's, you know, that's a new low for, uh, for us. So we were struggling during this time. And I, you know, I remember having to help my dad pay bills with my Dylan's money, all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, again, these are things that people were not having to do my age, but it was necessary. It was, it was all I knew at the time. So it was just normal. It was unfortunate you know, sometimes I'd have to lend my dad my whole paycheck almost, or, you know, a couple hundred bucks of my paycheck easily just to help him pay bills. But that's just the way it was. That was just the way it was. Um, but even though we were poor and struggling, uh, things kind of slowly, this is where we start this slow uphill battle. Um, and I should mention real quick too, that Although we're, you know, living with my dad and things are pretty good, it's it's still very crazy because um, my dad has some mental health issues. It's uh, so you never really knew which version of him was going to show up after work or whatever in high school. So you always had to kind of walk around eggshells or really like make sure, you know, things were good with him because he's bipolar, he's manic depressive, schizophrenic. Like he has a lot of, you know, extra things going on upstairs, if you will. So having to deal with that was tough because there's times where he, you know, threatened to kick me out of the house for not doing dishes, for not putting his clothes that were in the washer into the dryer. So again, still all kinds of craziness going on in my life, uh, even though he's back. And I think during this point, you know, my mom is still kind of using, she's trying to get better. She might be living in a halfway house right now, and she ended up living in one for a couple of years, and that was probably the best thing that could happen to her because she was able to meet some friends and kind of be a leader in that house. Plus, she found religion again, and that 100% changed her life and helped her get clean. So, let's see. Um, <clears throat> so, but yeah, um, I, I, back to high school real quick. Like, um, that was happening, you know, in my life, but with high school, one thing that really, I did have a few mentors, which was nice. Um, a big one was the golf coach, coach Batten, Mr. Batten. He, uh, was also my marketing teacher and a great mentor for, to me. Uh, I haven't talked to him in years, but he was another 
an individual who had a very large impact on my life because I took his class all throughout high school and did a student aid for him my senior year and was on the golf team. So he had a big impact and was one of the nicest, kindest guys, always giving everybody a chance, always willing to listen and very understanding, smart dude. Um, I think he's the basketball coach at Great Bend right now. I'm not sure, but hopefully he's doing well. Uh, shout out to Chris Batten. That guy uh, definitely changed my life for the better too. So uh, one one last thing about high school before I end, up, end, it, end it here and you know wrap it up. I always felt, again, I've always had this fucking chip on my shoulder about this, but uh, again, I felt not necessarily taken serious in some classes. Like I've always, was always good at math. But I've always been poor at grammar, poor when it comes to the more technical aspects of English. And I hate that I wasn't given more opportunities or, you know, somebody didn't say, hey, Miles, you got a little something here. Like, you know, your grammar's not great, but your content's good. Or maybe you should try to pursue this because now that I want to do writing and want to try and make my living off of writing and doing that type of stuff, um, I wish I just would have had a little bit more encouragement from my teachers. You know, I can look back to Mrs. Seaman or Mrs. Eyestone or Mrs. Cross and none of them really, like, it's funny, Mrs. Eyestone, when I took her class in, at Barton, she loved me and she said I had great stuff and was really Im impressed by my writing, which is kind of the first time I've heard that. But, you know, in high school, I was maybe a little bit of a shithead. I don't know. I did have a tendency to try to be a class clown sometimes, but, you know, they didn't really take me seriously and no one really encourage me to to pursue writing or do anything like that so that's a bummer but and i can even remember in chris mrs cross's class my senior english ap english uh she didn't even fucking know my name she referred to me as casey my name's miles yeah my last name's casey she didn't call anyone else by their fucking last name she had no idea who i was so anyways <laughs> well basically you know that's pretty much it for high school i graduate high school and, you know, I go to Barton and then I go to K-State. And I want to really talk about those and coming out to California. So, like I said, this will we'll end it here. Uh, and we'll do part three next week. Ooh, what's going to happen? Does he make it? I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. Spend my days with a woman unkind Smoke my stuff and drink on my wine. Made up my mind, make a new star. Going to California with an aching in my heart. Someone told me there's a girl out there with love in her eyes and flowers in her hair. On a big jet plane Never let them tell you That we're all, all the same Oh, the sea was red And the sky was gray What it had tomorrow Could ever follow today 
start to tremble and shake. The children of the sun begin to wake. Well, we did it. There it is, folks. 13 in the books. As usual, you know, just hit you with a couple quick things here at the end. Uh, a few new things that I've been doing. I, I started reading a new book. Uh, the book is Stephen King on writing. Just trying to learn from one of the greats, right? This guy has put out more, more books than I've probably read, which is sad. Maybe not. That's that's it might be a gross overstatement, but you know, Stephen King's the man. He is one of the most prolific and iconic writers of our time, plain and simple. So, I've heard from multiple people that this is a must-read for people who are trying to become writers, and I have to agree. So far, it's been great really enjoying his take on things and just kind of learning about his life even and how he got into writing. It's been very fascinating. So wanted to share that with you. Um, <clears throat> as for the rest of my life, you know, exercising has been going well, keeping on top of it. I got a good routine going, really been into the, uh, historically I've always listened to music and stuff while I exercise, but I've been starting to listen to podcasts and stuff and I really like it. It's working out well because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I hate to just like sit there on my butt listening to a podcast because I can't write or do other things really when I'm listening to a podcast. So it's nice to go exercise and, you know, even go for a walk around the beach or something, all that stuff. So life's been good there. Um, not still doing great on the, the sugar thing. Uh, I, I, I don't know what it is. I just have a, an addiction. That's my addiction. My biggest one, probably. Maybe, I mean, yeah. I, I can't quit it, man. And when the craving calls, it wins a lot of times. I have to like, oh, well, it's fucking midnight. Okay, well, let's go to the store real quick and buy a pack of gummy worms because it's midnight. Yeah. And that's the best time to eat gummy worms. Right before you get tired and go to bed, you know, you just want to eat a whole bag of those. That's a really good way to do it. Eat the whole bag, get a stomach ache or belly ache, right? And then try to go to sleep. That's uh, that's one of my, my go-to moves. So, yeah. <laughs> Basically, I need to fucking figure out that whole sugar thing. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll probably just, like, cut off my tongue or something. That might that might help. What do you guys think? I don't know. You guys got any ideas? <laughs> Send them my way because I'm still struggling with that one. But, as I said, exercising has been going well. Looking forward to seeing those results six months from now. That's how you got to look at it, folks. Delay that gratification. Not something we're good at as millennials, but, you know, delayed gratification is the sweet spot. It's what you need to realize to pretty much get anything done. You can't, nothing ever happens just overnight, so. Gotta delay that gratification. Also, another thing that's been becoming a little bit more of a problem in my life lately, <sighs> social media, it's back at it. I've been allowing it to just creep up and take too much of my time again. Um, it's so easy to get drawn in by the likes and all the fun stuff that is social media. And it's tough because I'm in a weird spot, right? I need it to promote me and to kind of create my brand, the millennial man-child brand, right? But I also need to really focus on the work. And I can't focus on the work if I'm doing a fucking sad little loop through my social media, you know, like 15 minutes on Twitter, 15 minutes on Facebook, 15 minutes on Instagram, 15 minutes on Snapchat, repeat. Like, ugh, it, it's so 
so gross. I hate it. And I've never thought to myself, when I get rid of social media for a little while or take breaks, you know, I've never thought to myself, oh, wow, I really wonder what tweets I'm missing right now. Or what was that Facebook status? I bet I really would have liked that one, you know, like. So I'm trying to revamp that a little bit, just refocus. and Because if my first impulse is to tw check Twitter or Facebook and I always give into it, then I'm not, I'm a slave to those things. And I don't want to be a slave to those things. I want to be my own person. And as one of my favorite people says, uh, Jocko Willink, he says, discipline equals freedom. When you choose to not go on Twitter and all that stuff, that's better. Like if you were just like, oh, I want to do it to check a, a like or you kind of mindlessly just do it. You're you're not choosing to do that really. You're kind of becoming a slave to it. So discipline equals freedom. Just remember that. And that's what I'm going to try to remember. I also, I think I might try to go a whole week without liking anything on social media. Like I'll still be on social media, but I want to see if it's a different experience for me if I don't like anything, if it makes me feel differently about it. It's just a little experiment I want to do, so I'll, I'll report back to you and let you know how that goes. If I like some of your stuff over the week, yell at me. Be like, what are you doing? Ah! Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You know, I'll hit you with a couple things to check out. Uh, there are two books this weekend, uh, or this week, that I think you should check out. Um, one is going to be turned into a movie soon. It's called Ready, Ready Player One. And it's one of those books that is, anybody can read it. And once you pick it up, you will not put it down. I swear. Uh, it's one of those books that just continues to get better and better. It's a fairly fast-paced, easy read. And if you like, you know, nostalgia, like 1990s, 1980s, you like video games, you like, you know, pop culture and all those kinds of fun references and stuff like that, you will love this book. It's a, a great book. So... Check that out, and, you know, you want to read it before the movie comes out. Come on, people. It's an easy read. It's good for you. And the other book is uh, called, this is one of the books that inspired me to begin uh, my journey of creating things. And I just figured if anyone else is, like, trying to get on a journey like that themselves, this is a fucking great place to start. So check out uh, The War of Art by Stephen Presserfield. And it's about, you know, overcoming your creative blocks, overcoming the resistance that is everything else that gets in the way of you trying to do what you want to do. And there's so much resistance out there, more resistance now probably than ever before with social media, all the crazy TV shows and books and distractions. So, uh, yeah, just check it out. I think you'll really like it. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for today. Well, I'll hit you here with the, the music from today's episode, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, the music from today's episode is California in Order, uh, California Dreaming by The Mamas and Papas, uh, Gone to California by Led Zeppelin, and Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. So until next time, folks, uh, I hope you're having a great week, a great, great time. I hope you're happy. And if not, you know, just just keep going. That's that's pretty much all you can do. Just Just keep your head up and... You know, you got it. So everybody have a good one. Uh, until next time, I'm the Millennial Manchild. Peace. I took my love, I took it down. 
climbed a mountain and I turned around And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills Till that slide brought me down Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Can I handle the seasons of my But time makes you both